the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This is Father John Zolsdorf at another podcast. Today we welcome as our guest, Bishop Athanasius Schneider, Auxiliary Bishop of the Archdiocese of St. Mary in Ashtana. Bishop Schneider is known for his beautiful writing about the Eucharist and his scholarly, especially founded in the Fathers, defense of the Catholic faith. He has been active in supporting traditional liturgical worship and traveled widely to speak at conferences. He traveled a great deal until the Holy See, for reasons we can guess at, told him not to travel. Bishop Schneider wrote a brief response, and it can only be interpreted as a response, to an interreligious document, Catholic and Islamic, signed by an imam and Francis during his trip to the United Arab Emirates. That document had the decidedly poorly worded assertion, and I quote, The pluralism and the diversity of religions... Color, sex, race, and language are willed by God in his wisdom, through which he created human beings. Uh, That's the quote from the document. The only way to understand that, as not being contrary to the Catholic faith, is to drill into the word willed and make distinctions about God's active or positive will and his permissive will. God did not positively will a diversity of religions. He only permissively willed it. He permitted it. This is not rocket theology. Uh, Alas, the phrase in that document sounds dreadful to Christian ears. Uh, And some have said that Francis signed on to heresy by signing that document. The controversy stirred by that uh, poorly worded phrase prompted Bishop Schneider's response. To help more people hear what Bishop Schneider has to say, I'll read his essay to you. It is entitled, The Gift of Filial Adoption. The Christian Faith, the Only Valid and the Only God-Willed Religion. You can see what it's responding to. As you listen, tune your ears for the crystal clear teaching about the unique role of the Christian religion the need for baptism, and the need for belief in Christ. Bishop Schneider is absolutely clear. There are no other true religions. Other religions are insufficient and not on a par with Christianity. Listen for his demolition of the notion of anonymous Christians. Also, as you listen, be aware that there are some phrases in his stellar presentation which are just a tiny bit awkward. And if you find, you know, you're, you didn't catch something, just rewind a bit and listen to, get, listen to it again if necessary. The bishop's meaning is perfectly clear uh, through every paragraph of his splendid essay called The Gift of Filial Adoption, the Christian Faith, the Only Valid and Only God-Willed Religion. Adoption, the Christian faith, 
The Only Valid and the Only God-Willed Religion by Bishop Athanasius Schneider The truth of the filial adoption in Christ, which is intrinsically supernatural, constitutes the synthesis of the entire divine revelation. Being adopted by God as sons is always a gratuitous gift of grace, the most sublime gift of God to mankind. One obtains it, however, only through a personal faith in Christ, and through the reception of baptism, as the Lord himself taught. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. John 3, verses 5 to 7. In the past decades, one often heard, even from the mouth of some representatives of the Church's hierarchy, statements about the theory of anonymous Christians. This theory says the following, The mission of the Church in the world would consist, ultimately, in raising the awareness that all men must have of their salvation in Christ, and consequently of their filial adoption in Christ. Since, according to the same theory, Every human being possesses already the sonship of God in the depth of his personality. Yet, such a theory contradicts directly divine revelation, as Christ taught it and his apostles and the church over two thousand years always transmitted it unchangingly and without a shadow of a doubt. In his essay, The Church Consisting of Jews and Gentiles, Die Kirche, aus Juden und Heiden, Eric Peterson, the well-known convert and exegete, long since, in 1933, warned against the danger of such a theory when he affirmed that one cannot reduce being a Christian, Christsein, to the natural order in which the fruits of the redemption achieved by Jesus Christ would be generally imputed to every human being as a kind of heritage solely because he would share human nature with the incarnated word. However, filial adoption in Christ is not an automatic result guaranteed through belonging to the human race. St. Athanasius, Confer Oratio Contra Arianos 2.59, left us a simple and at the same time an apt explanation of the difference between the natural state of men as God's creatures and the glory of being a son of God in Christ. St. Athanasius derives his explanation from the words of the Holy Gospel according to John, that say, He gave them power to be made the sons of God, to them that believe in his name, who are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. John 1, verses 12 to 13. John uses the expression, They are born, to say that men become sons of God not by nature, but by adoption. This shows the love of God, that he who is their creator becomes then through grace also their father. This happens when, as the apostle says, men receive in their hearts the spirit of the incarnated Son, who cries in them, Abba, Father. St. Athanasius continues his explanation, saying that, as created beings, 
men can become sons of God in no other manner than through faith and baptism, when they receive the spirit of the natural and true Son of God. Precisely for that reason, the Word became flesh, to make men capable of adoption as sons of God, and of participation in the divine nature. Consequently, by nature, God is not in the proper sense the Father of all human beings. Only if someone consciously accepts Christ and is baptized, will he be able to cry in truth, Abba, Father. Romans 8, verse 15, Galatians 4, verse 6. Since the beginnings of the church, there was the assertion, as testified by Tertullian, one is not born as a Christian, but one becomes a Christian. Apologeticum 18.5 And St. Cyprian of Carthage formulated aptly this truth, saying, He cannot have God for his father, who has not the church for his mother. De Ecclesiae Catholice Unitate 6 the most urgent task of the Church in our time is to care about the change of the spiritual climate and about the spiritual migration, namely, that the climate of non-belief in Jesus Christ, the climate of rejection of the kingship of Christ, be changed into the climate of explicit faith in Jesus Christ, of the acceptance of his kingship and that men may migrate from the misery of spiritual slavery of unbelief into the happiness of being sons of God, and from a life of sin into the state of sanctifying grace. These are the migrants about whom we must care urgently. Christianity is the only God-willed religion. Therefore, it can never be placed complementarily side by side with other religions. Those would violate the truth of divine revelation, as it is unmistakably affirmed in the first commandment of the Decalogue, who would assert that the diversity of religions is the will of God. According to the will of Christ, faith in him and in his divine teaching must replace other religions, however, not by force, but by loving persuasion, as expressed in the hymn of lauds of the Feast of Christ the King, Nonile regna cladibus, non vi metuque subdidit, alto levatus stipite, amore traxit omnia. Not with sword, force, and fear he subjects peoples, but lifted up on the cross, he lovingly draws all things to himself. There is only one way to God, and this is Jesus Christ, for he himself said, I am the way. John 14, verse 6. There is only one truth, and this is Jesus Christ, for he himself said, I am the truth. John 14, verse 6. There is only one true supernatural life of the soul, and this is Jesus Christ, for he himself said, I am the life. John 14, 6. The incarnated Son of God taught that outside faith in him, there cannot be a true and God-pleasing religion. I am the door. By me, if any man enters in, he shall be saved. John 10, verse 9. God commanded to all men, without exception, to hear his Son. This is my most beloved Son. Hear him. 
Mark 9, verse 7. God did not say, You can hear my son, or you can hear other founders of a religion, for it is my will that there are different religions. God has forbidden us to recognize the legitimacy of the religion of other gods. Thou shalt not have strange gods before me. Exodus 20, verse 3. And what fellowship has light with darkness, and what concord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has the faithful with the unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? 2 Corinthians 6, verses 14 to 16. If other religions likewise corresponded to the will of God, there would not have been the divine condemnation of the religion of the golden calf at the time of Moses. Confer Exodus 32, verses 4 to 20. Then the Christians of today could unpunished cultivate the religion of the new golden calf, since all religions are, according to that theory, God-pleasing ways as well. God gave the apostles and through them the church for all times the solemn order to instruct all nations and the followers of all religions in the only one true faith, teaching them to observe all his divine commandments and baptize them. Confer Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20. Since the preaching of the apostles and of the first pope, the apostle St. Peter, the church proclaimed always that there is salvation in no other name, that is, in no other faith under heaven by which men must be saved, but in the name and in the faith in Jesus Christ. Confer Acts 4, verse 12. With the words of St. Augustine, the church taught in all times, the Christian religion is the only religion which possesses the universal way for the salvation of the soul, for except by this way none can be saved. This is a kind of royal way which alone leads to a kingdom which does not totter like all temporal dignities, but stands firm on eternal foundations. De Civitate Dei, 10.32.1 The following words of the great Pope Leo XIII testify the same unchanging teaching of the magisterium in all times when he affirmed, The view that all religions are alike is calculated to bring about the ruin of all forms of religion, and especially of the Catholic religion, which, as it is the only one that is true, cannot, without great injustice, be regarded as merely equal to other religions. Encyclical Humanum Genus, number 16. In recent times, the Magisterium presented substantially the same unchanging teaching in the document Dominus Jesus, August 6, 2000, from which we quote the following relevant assertions. Theological faith, the acceptance of the truth revealed by the one and triune God, is often identified with belief in other religions, which is religious experience still in search of the absolute truth and still lacking assent to God who reveals himself. This is one of the reasons why the differences between Christianity and the other religions tend to be reduced at times to the point of disappearance. Number 7. Those solutions that propose a salvific action of God beyond the unique mediation of Christ would be contrary to the Christian and Catholic faith. 
Number 14. Not infrequently it is proposed that theology should avoid the use of terms like unicity, universality, and absoluteness, which give the impression of excessive emphasis on the significance and value of the salvific event of Jesus Christ in relation to other religions. In reality, however, such language is simply being faithful to revelation. Number 15. It is clear that it would be contrary to the faith to consider the church as one way of salvation alongside those constituted by the other religions, seen as complementary to the church or substantially equivalent to her, even if these are said to be converging with the church toward the eschatological kingdom of God. Number 21. The faith rules it out in a radical way that mentality of indifferentism characterized by a religious relativism which leads to the belief that one religion is as good as another. John Paul II, Encyclical Letter, Redemptoris Missio, 36. Number 22. The apostles and the countless Christian martyrs of all times, especially those of the first three centuries, would have been spared martyrdom if they had said, the pagan religion and its worship is a way which as well corresponds to the will of God. There would have been, for instance, no Christian France, no eldest daughter of the church, if St. Remigius had said to Clovis, the king of the Franks, Do not despise your pagan religion you have worshipped up to now, and worship now Christ, whom you have persecuted up to now. The saintly bishop actually spoke differently, although in a rather rough way, Worship what you burned, and burn what you have worshipped. True universal brotherhood can be only in Christ, and namely between baptized persons. The full glory of God's sons will be attained only in the beatific vision of God in heaven, as Holy Scripture teaches. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. 1 John 3, verses 1 to 2. No authority on earth, not even the supreme authority of the church, has the right to dispense people from other religions, from the explicit faith in Jesus Christ as the incarnated Son of God and the only Savior of mankind, with the assurance that the different religions as such are willed by God himself. Indelible, because written with the finger of God and crystal clear in their meaning, remain, however, the words of the Son of God, Whoever believes in the Son of God is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. John 3, verse 18. This truth was valid up to now in all Christian generations, and will remain valid until the end of time, irrespective of the fact that some people in the church of our so fickle, cowardly, sensationalist, and conformist time reinterpret this truth in a sense contrary to its evident wording, selling thereby this reinterpretation 
as continuity in the development of doctrine. Outside the Christian faith, no other religion can be a true and God-willed way, since this is the explicit will of God, that all people believe in his Son. This is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. John 6, verse 40. Outside the Christian faith, no other religion is able to transmit true supernatural life. This is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. John 17, verse 3. February 8th. 2019. Athanasius Schneider, Auxiliary Bishop of the Archdiocese of St. Mary in Ashtana. Bishop Athanasius Schneider. Now, while I have you here, uh, let's have a brief review of what heresy is, since some people throw that term around rather easily these days. Formal heresy is the formal denial or doubt by a baptized person of a revealed truth of the Catholic faith. It is a canonical crime when that denial or doubt is manifest and obstinate. Material heresy generally results from ignorance and is without obstinacy. It's without obstinacy of will. It is, for most people, without guilt so long as there is no doubt in the person's mind regarding the erroneous position held. The person is just wrong and he doesn't realize it. That's material heresy. This is different from formal heresy. Formal heresy always involves deliberate and persistent denial or doubt, even when a person has been instructed or admonished, etc. One could argue that some people who are material heretics are nevertheless guilty of sin because they cannot reasonably argue innocent ignorance. Because there are some people, such as priests, uh, any, any member of the clergy for that matter, all the way to the top, some people are obliged by their office to know the true Catholic faith, which, through oaths taken at various moments in their ecclesiastical life, they have sworn to accept. They can't plead ignorance because they're obliged by their state in life to know certain things. Uh, so anyway, that's just a brief review of formal heresy and material heresy. And uh, we should be careful in using the phrase or imputing it uh, to people. Uh, there's this, uh, this element of obstinacy of will, which uh, plays a very important role. In any event, I'll bring this to a close. Thank you very much for listening. This is Father John Zolsdorf. Please pray for me as I will for you.
Jack.